booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Predictions of dire consequences for consumers following the Fed's decision to hike interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point. President Biden has told top oil executives to order production increases to stem record high gas prices. A top ISIS leader is captured at his compound in northern Syria after a daring cross-border U.S. helicopter raid that ended in a gun battle. COVID-19 shots for kids could be available as soon as next week after an advisory panel to the CDC gives those vaccines the green light. In California, the suspect who murdered two cops Tuesday in a shootout was a felon on probation. Negative reaction to the Federal Reserve's decision to hike interest rates three quarters of a percentage point. Former Home Depot CEO Bob Nardelli warned Wednesday that the Federal Reserve hiking interest rates to cool inflation will have a devastating impact on consumers. He appeared in Fox News. So I would tell the consumer, make sure that you're building up cash reserves. I would encourage the consumer. Again, we saw what happened on on baby formula. Build up a supply of non-perishables in your home. Make sure that you're prepared for sustainable uh, inflationary periods. The 75 basis point hike is the largest since 1994. The Fed's decision comes in response to record high inflation and shrinkflation, crippling the nation's economy for months now. May's Consumer Price Index, the CPI, was up 8.6 percent, representing a steady increase since President Biden entered office. The White House, though, has remained optimistic about inflation as part of the transition to a green energy economy. President Joe Biden warned oil producers Wednesday to immediately cut costs over profits as gas prices soar above record highs. As of this morning, AAA says the national average for a gallon of gas stands at $5.01, and that is up $1.94 from one year ago. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre called out oil companies in the White House Daily Briefing. We are we are calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here uh, and not to use the war uh, as an excuse or as a as a reason uh, to not put to not put out a production, not to not do the capacity that is needed out there uh, so that the prices can so that the prices can come down. The president has sent a letter to the heads of top oil and gas companies. He did so Wednesday, asking them to increase gasoline and diesel production. Their profits have tripled during the Russia-Ukraine invasion. A rare U.S. military ground raid in northwestern Syria has captured a top ISIS leader, according to the U.S.-led anti-ISIS coalition. A U.S. defense official said there were no injuries to U.S. military personnel or aircraft involved in this raid. U.S.-led coalition officials identified this person as to U.S. media as Hani Ahmed al-Kurdi, governor of Raqqa, a senior ISIS leader and bomb maker. He was seized in a raid from Turkey using Chinook and Black Hawk helicopters. A gun battle broke out, but coalition forces say none of its troop or civilians were hurt. U.S. military ground operations in northwestern Syria have targeted top ISIS leaders, most notably 
Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who killed himself during an October 2019 raid near the border with Turkey that was carried out by the elite Delta Force during the Trump administration. Here is then-President Trump when al-Baghdadi was killed. He died after running into a dead-end tunnel whimpering and crying and screaming all the way. His successor, Abu Abrahim al-Hashim al-Karashi, detonated himself with an explosion during a similar raid in February this year. An advisory panel to the FDA yesterday recommended both Pfizer and Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines for emergency use authorization for children. Dr. Shira Doran of Tufts Medical Center spoke to WCVB in Boston She compared efficiencies between the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines for kids. You can't really compare them side by side without doing a comparative clinical trial in the same population at the same time in the same place. And of course, that hasn't been done. In adults, we've seen higher antibody levels and slower waning of effectiveness with the Moderna vaccine. But whether we would see that in younger individuals, especially given the different doses that we're using in the youngest age groups, is unknown. Roughly 18 million children younger than five years old represent the last group of Americans who still do not have a COVID-19 vaccine available to them. Pfizer's vaccine is for children six months through four years. Moderna's vaccine is for six months through five years. Pfizer's vaccine for kids is just a tenth of the size of the adult version and comes in three shots. Moderna's vaccine for children, meanwhile, is a quarter of the dose of their adult version and comes in two shots. Shots are expected to be available as early as next week. Well, the suspect who California police say murdered El Monte Police Department officer Joseph Santana and Corporal Michael Paradis Tuesday afternoon was on probation for being a felon in possession of a firearm. That, according to court records and officials, 35-year-old Justin William Flores was killed during this confrontation with the officers at a hotel. El Monte Interim Police Chief Ben Lowry. The men and women of El Monte Police Department as well as the community of El Monte is grieving. I've heard that the only way to take the sting out of death is to take the love out of life. And believe me, they were loved. These two men were loved. They were good men. L.A. Superior Court records show Flores was sentenced in February of 2021 to 20 days in jail and two years probation after he pleaded no contest to a charge of being a felon in possession of a firearm following an arrest in March of 2020. Looking at your forecasts from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly cloudy today. There's a 40% chance of a shower or thunderstorm. Till late morning, the high 76 winds to 17 miles per hour. Overnight, the low 41, still a 40% chance of rain. And tomorrow, it turns partly sunny. The highs 80 and still a 30% chance of an afternoon shower or thunderstorm. Tomorrow, winds to 16 miles per hour. And right now... And it looks like we've got 69 degrees here in the Big Apple and partly cloudy skies. Well, Twitter users reacted to Biden climate czar John Kerry's assertions that the U.S. absolutely does not need to drill for more oil and gas. Kerry's statement amid an ongoing energy crisis and, of course, those record high gas prices. Kerry was speaking at an event hosted by the University of Southern Cal's Center of Public Diplomacy on Friday, and he railed against fossil fuels, urging more domestic drilling and a return to coal. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. 
and we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are cooked. An RNC research tweet captured the statement and sparked outrage from critics and commentators alike with several noting the departure from other top Democrats' narratives. Others wondered if Biden and Kerry discussed the issue or if Democrats seeking re-election this November stand by Kerry's statement. Miami's iconic Spanish-language conservative talk radio station, Mambi, could soon be controlled by political strategists who worked for President Obama and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. The pending sale to a George Soros link group has caused outrage inside of the station and throughout Miami's Cuban-American community, as well as among conservative media watchdogs. Florida Representative Maria Salazar spoke about the sale on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. So they can silence the GOP positions, the free market economy, liberty, freedom, pro-life, being able to to, uh, profit from your own labor, no one taking the money that you produce, take it away from you. So so it's, it's very concerning. Radio Mambi, which is historically linked to the Cuban exile community and offers an anti-communism view, it would be controlled by a group of liberals partially funded by Soros, a far-left billionaire, if the $60 million deal is approved by the Federal Communications Commission. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis tweeted the Soros-funded radical left is running a scheme to manipulate local media in Florida to push their Marxist agenda on voters. Well, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has kept his promise to ship busloads of migrants released from Border Patrol agents to Washington, D.C. to highlight the problem of migrants being dumped in border communities in the Lone Star State. Border Patrol agents confirmed to the Washington Examiner this week that of these 79 busloads, 65 of them carrying more than 2,000 people started their journey from Texas, where Governor Abbott began this program Texas to D.C. back in April. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton spoke to Fox News back in April when former White House press secretary called the move a publicity stunt. I wish it was only a publicity stunt. She doesn't understand the reality or doesn't care about the reality of what's happening on the Texas border and then ultimately what's happening to all of our states because really every state is a border state now affected by what's going on along the border because we have a massive increase in drug overdoses. We have had COVID spread around. We've had all kinds of crime issues. This is a real issue. This is not a publicity stunt by the governor. At the time, Abbott said he would be shuttling the migrants away from the border to help local communities deal with overcrowding. All the migrants who are transported volunteered to ride the buses and are legally allowed to travel within the United States after clearing the first hurdle seeking asylum. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, has tested positive for COVID-19, according to the Institute. The 81-year-old President Biden's chief medical advisor has mild symptoms and has been boosted twice, according to the Institute. The Institute also told CNN that Fauci is being treated with the antiviral medication Paxlovid. Here's what Fauci said when asked about when he plans to retire back in March. I'm not so sure, George. I want to make sure we're really out of this before I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the right direction. I hope we stay that way. 
The NIAID said Fauci found out that he was positive on a rapid antigen test. Fauci was scheduled to speak in person today at a hearing of the Senate Health, Education, Labor and Pensions Committee on the status of the federal response to COVID-19 and plans to manage the viral pandemic. And the agency said Fauci will attend instead by video conference. Squad member Representative Ilhan Omar, the Democrat out of Minnesota, said Wednesday that she will, of course, support President Joe Biden in 2024 should he seek a second term in the White House. In a video obtained by Fox News, Omar was asked Wednesday outside the Capitol whether she would support Biden in his reelection endeavors in 2024. Will you support Joe Biden if you run for reelection in 2024? You will support him? Omar's uh, comments come after her fellow squad member, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, made an appearance earlier this week on CNN's State of the Union. AOC avoided stating whether or not she would back Biden for a second term. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said on Monday that President Biden is running for re-election in 2024 However, President Biden has not yet officially announced a second run for the White House. 77 WABC time check at 515. Let's head over to Justin Ellick for your first look at sports. Hey, Justin. Hey, Deb. Let's do it. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. The Yankees keep on pounding the Rays as they secured a series win over their rivals last night with a 4-3 win in front of the Bronx faithful. Who else? But Aaron Judge got things going early for the Bombers as he sent his 25th into the seats in the bottom of the first. The 3 2. Driven out to right center field. Ball throw back on the track at the wall. See ya. Home run. Aaron Judge. He's 25th. And it's a 1 0 Yankee lead. That call courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network. Kyle Higashioka added a three run shot in the fifth that would ultimately put things at, just out of reach for Tampa Bay as the Yanks secure their 13th straight home win with a 4 3 final. Tune in for the series finale tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Luis Severino is set to go up against Tampa's Jalen Beeks. As for the Mets, they couldn't figure out Milwaukee's Corbin Burns and get thrashed in Queens by a score of 10-2. The more important note, though, is their first-place lead dwindling to just four games in the NL East due to 14 straight wins from the Atlanta Braves. They'll try and at least hold that lead right there tonight at 7.10 p.m. in the series finale with the Brewers. It'll be Tyler McGill uh, tasked with going up against Milwaukee's Aaron Ashby. On the ice, it was the Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche took a game-up lead in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals with this overtime winner from Andre Burakovsky. They continue to do it. Conference shot blocked by Hedman. Score! Burakovsky on the follow-up! And Game 1 goes to the Avs in overtime! That call courtesy of ESPN. 4-3 is your final from Denver as the Lightning will try and get things back to neutral come Game 2 on Saturday night. Also, tonight... Game 6 of the, of the uh, NBA Finals between the Warriors and Celtics. Boston will try and force a Game 7 come tip-off at 9 p.m. Eastern. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy today, our high is 76. There's a 40% chance of a shower or thunderstorm. Until late morning, a bit windy. Winds to 17 miles per hour. The overnight low is 71 with a 40% chance of a shower. Shower thunderstorm tomorrow, partly sunny. The highs 80, just a 30% chance of rain during the afternoon. Winds to 16 miles per hour. Right now, 
We have 69 degrees, mostly cloudy skies. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning, a day after the Federal Reserve announced the biggest rate hike since 1994. The Fed raised rates by 75 basis points. It also hinted it could stay aggressive by raising rates even more in the future. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 303 points. The S&P 500 rose by 54 points. And the Nasdaq jumped by 270 points. Elon Musk tipped his hat to Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday as the candidate that he wants to see become the next president of the United States. Musk made the revelation after tweeting that he had backed the Republican candidate who made history in South Texas on Tuesday night. DeSantis responded. You know, I'm focused on 2022, uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African-Americans. What can I say? Musk recently doubled down on supporting the Republican Party for the upcoming midterms because of how Democrats have treated him. More issues for Ford. They are recalling 2.9 million vehicles that might not shift into the correct gear and could move in an unintended direction. The National Highway Safety Administration says it has six reports of of property damage and four reports of injuries potentially related to the problem. According to the safety regulator, drivers have exited a vehicle only to have it roll, increasing the risk of injury or crash. Netflix disrupted traditional TV by releasing entire seasons of shows all at once. Now that strategy is under new scrutiny as the company contends with big subscriber losses and a dramatic plunge in its share price. The streamer's stock plummeted over the past year from $700 per share to around $160. I'm Frank Morano. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. Looking at futures this morning, the Dow is down 596 points at 30,055. S&P 500 down 93 and a quarter points. The Nasdaq has dropped 347 and one quarter points. Gold's up $15 an ounce at $1,834.60. Crude oil down 52 cents a barrel at $114.81. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, the white gunman who allegedly killed 10 black people in a racist attack at a Buffalo, New York supermarket was charged yesterday with federal hate crimes. Peyton Gendron could face the death penalty if he's convicted. The criminal complaint filed Wednesday against Gendron coincided with a visit to Buffalo by U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Garland said the department would follow its procedures in deciding whether to seek the death penalty and also consider input from families and the survivors. We fully recognize the threat that hatred and violent extremism pose to the safety of the American people and American democracy. We will be relentless in our efforts to combat hate crimes, to support the communities terrorized by them, and to hold accountable those who perpetrate them. FBI agents executing a search warrant at Gendron's home the day after the shooting found a note in which he apologized to his family for the shooting and stated that he had to commit this act because he cares for the future of the white race, according to an affidavit filed with the criminal complaint. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has officially endorsed New York's Governor Kathy Hochul's bid for a full term in office. The nod boosts the frontrunner's campaign less than two weeks before the June 20th primary. Same thing you want is what we want. I said it on the campaign trail, and I'll say it again. We are you. 
are you. And we're not new to this. We're true to this. Hochul welcomed the mayor's approval. The support from Adams could help Hochul, who already has a commanding lead, 40 points in the upcoming June primary, according to a recent poll, sealed a deal in her campaign for the Democratic Party's line in the November general election. Well, police are searching for two people accused of stabbing a teen at a Brooklyn subway station. It happened just after 10 p.m. Sunday at the Broadway Junction station. Investigators say a 16-year-old boy was stabbed in the face and neck while waiting to board a southbound A train. The suspects fled the scene on separate southbound CNA trains. The victim was taken to Brookdale University Hospital Medical Center in stable condition. And you can take a look at pictures of the attackers up on our website, wabcradio.com. Anybody with information about these suspects is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS. You can also submit a tip via their website or via a direct message on Twitter at NYPD Tips. And cops say all calls are kept confidential. An unstable man climbed onto the subway tracks at the Washington Square Park subway stop, delaying trains for about an hour as emergency responders tried to convince him to climb back up. The 42-year-old jumped down just after 2.30 in the afternoon and was walking between the north and southbound ANC lines at the West 4th Street Washington Square station. In a video, the man is seen pacing between the tracks, but uh, what he said was inaudible. About after an hour, the man returned to the platform under his own power as police and uh, witnesses to this coaxed him back up. And police took him into custody. Charges not yet announced. Nobody hurt there. Well, speaking of the subway, the MTA this week announced that commuter railroad ridership is up, returning to two-thirds of its pre-pandemic levels. The LIRR, for example, is now running with 66% of pre-pandemic ridership. Metro North has 67% of pre-pandemic riders back, both increases of thousands of riders in the past couple of weeks. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has repeatedly urged a return to in-office work, and earlier this month he urged city employees to lead by example. How does that look, that city employees are home while I'm telling everyone else it's time to get back to work? And Metro North has enjoyed a similar success as they're now carrying over 95,000 riders or 99% of its pre-pandemic base. And on the June 11th weekend of the Belmont Stakes, the LIRR surpassed pre-pandemic ridership levels, carrying over 117,000 riders or 105% of its pre-pandemic baseline. The New York City Sheriff's Office seized at least a dozen trucks operating for Weed World Candies, which may or may not be shopping more than CBD products. The Sheriff's Office said Tuesday that the weed trucks were seized for outstanding parking tickets totaling a half million dollars. New York City Deputy Sheriff Maureen Kokis on NBC4. The Department of Finance has communicated with these parties uh, many, many times over many years trying to collect this debt, and the debt was ignored. So we went out and we took enforcement action and seized the vehicles. Twelve trucks were towed from the area of 45th Street and 12th Avenue in Manhattan Tuesday morning. The officials said more were expected to be towed away from an area near 38th Street and 10th Avenue. 
The amount of parking ticket debt in judgment right now is $316,000, though the total outstanding debt is over 500000 bucks. A Weed World spokesperson said the company was aware of some unpaid parking tickets and in the process of addressing the situation. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly cloudy. We have a 40% chance of a shower or thunderstorm until late morning. The high 76 winds to 17 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly cloudy. The low 71, still a 40% chance of rain. And tomorrow, partly sunny. The highs 80, just a 30% chance of afternoon showers or thunderstorms. Still breezy with winds to 16 miles per hour. Right now, 68 looks like rain's on the way. Well, you probably recognize that sound. And if you're about to hop onto a Zoom call, it's best to avoid staring at your own face too much. Why, you wonder? Well, also, officials say don't drink beforehand. This is all from scientists at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. They report, new report from them finds, staring at yourself during video chats may just put you in a bad mood and consuming alcohol intensifies the issue. So this new study finds that the more a person stares at themselves while talking in an online chat, the more their mood will worsen over the course of the video conference. The study authors believe their findings indicate a troubling connection between online meeting platforms and psychological issues such as depression or anxiety. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.